0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stratty according to the Christmas special. I'm joined with Mike as per usual and we're going to go through the Leeds game and look on to the game against Everton in the Caribou Cup and of course the next league game against Leicester City, which will be a big one. Mike, that less, that Leeds game, excuse me. You said you were going to eat some humble pie. Um, I got a WhatsApp message during the game that it was their time to eat some humble pie. The stage is yours.
0: Yeah, I, I think I said um, we weren't. We, you know, we might just about scrape in the top four. I think we'll we'll probably quite comfortably finish in the top four now. But I still, I still. I did say humble pie of a butt, and that is we're still not challenging for the league title. We'll finish second, but I don't think we'll challenge for the league. But um, <clears> I have to say, the last two games, uh, there was a, a few sort of silly errors against Sheffield United. Both of those last two games, mate, we were really, really good. We were aggressive, we went on the attack, uh, a little bit slower start against Sheffield United, but I think we recovered quicker than we usually have in these slow start games. You know, we got back, you know, we, we literally. You know, we were back up and running within the first 20 minutes again in terms of the quality of play. Uh, but Leeds, you know, usually in a game like that, <laughs> we're playing a team like that, we'll, we'll sit back and try and sucker them in, but we didn't. We actually were really aggressive and went after them and forced them to make mistakes, knowing that essentially they were pressing man for man, which is crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy when you're up against that front three that United had. Or well, front four, really, include Bruno in that. So, But I thought, really, really good. and I'd like to see United play like that a lot more often. I think we might ship in a few goals, but we're shipping a few goals anyway, so we may as well make sure we can actually uh, get ourselves two or three goals up beforehand. I thought, um, I mean, obviously, Scott McTominay, just, I don't know, he was like some cross between uh, Lota Mateus and Larry Bird, the the old Boston Celtics Celtic's basketball player. It was. Uh, I've never seen him play like that, and I don't know if I'll ever see him play like that ever again. Um, Fred was quietly excellent again. Um, Defence is still terrible. Uh, I don't care what anyone says; it's still rubbish. But like I said, I think we, I think you're right that we'll probably have enough to finish second this year. I think it'll be a distant second, but we have to win a trophy now. I think I think we could agree on that we've got to use these last couple of days as a template and go on and push them in a trophy and we've got Leicester, it's not just Leicester there, we've got Wolves coming up as well who've been a problem team for us. I think we need to go and really try and put these two teams away um, and really sort of get ourselves in a firm footing going going into January.
1: Roy Keane said it in the studio before the match that he thought that this United team could, could batter Leeds, that they could really take them away I thought that in the lead-up to the game, the way Leeds play, uh, I don't know what, what way to sum it up into words, but the, the English media have bigged up Leeds to, to an almighty place that they can't even fall after a 6-2 defeat. You know, we're, Gary Neville is still banging on about how fantastic they play, how entertaining they are to watch. But, Mike, I, I, I understand that, that they're, they're easy on the eye, there's goals in the game, you're going to be entertained as a neutral but surely we don't want football where every team is like that. And I don't know if, if Leeds, if they keep playing like that, can even stay in the top division. Will people still be talking about how fantastic Marcelo Belsa is? Because there's times in that game where I'm sure Leeds fans are scratching their heads saying, what are we doing? Why are we giving Manchester United this space? Because we had space throughout the game. It didn't change. Um,
0: uh, Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Um, I think you're right to a large extent. They were very naive in the way that they approached the game. But I also don't think... I don't think Leeds are going to get relegated this season. I think they'll probably finish mid-table. I think they're they're much better than a good number of the other teams. I've seen teams take take a point. I've seen teams play play worse than Leeds play last... I, I, I don't think Arsenal, when they beat us, were much better than what Leeds were in that game. They were a lot more boring. But I don't think they were much better... Um, and you see where Arsenal are in the league now. Um, listen, I- I'll always defend Marcelo Bielsa because I said to you when you said this to me on WhatsApp, he's the most influential thinker on the game probably in the last 30 years. When you look at the people that he's influenced, you look at the way that he developed uh, Dutch total football, um, the way he developed football in South America. Um, you look at Chilean football, for instance. Chilean football didn't have any identity, really, in terms of how they played and the profile of play that they had. Until Marcello Bielsa um, came through, he was responsible for developing through a lot of the great Argentinian players over the last twenty years. Um, so I don't, I don't think I don't think you know I don't think he's overrated. But um, I think, I, listen, Leeds are going to play that way, and they will keep playing that way, and they're going to get smashed a, a few times. But they're probably going to do the same thing to a few other teams as well. It wasn't that? It was only two games ago. They put five goals past Newcastle.
1: Of course, they'll have their weeks where they'll put five past the likes of Newcastle. But I, I just look I'm looking at it. we've spoken a bit about Solskjaer in previous podcasts. We've spoken about Lampard and Arteta and some of the coverage they've been getting. And I'm just beginning to wonder, of all the countries Belsa's worked in, has he had such an easy, easy ride from the media? Because I don't see enough people questioning this. It, it, it is crazy and... It, it, how fantastic he is. I would go crazy if he was our manager and that's why we were playing every week because you'll drop points playing like that. And maybe he his aim isn't for Leeds to win the league. Of course, they're not going to win the league. But just losing games the way what they have been doing this season and o- just opening up so freely in so much space,
0: It's I just wonder, it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, you say this, but they drew one always, City. They, it's weird to say they battered Arsenal in a nil-nil draw, but they absolutely battered yeah, them. They yeah. should have beaten Arsenal about 5 nildale. Dale, I mean, it was it was different. So, United are a good. You know what? We're a good team. We've got a good team, and we'll do that. I think to a few teams, especially catch them on the break this season. I mean, you look at what we did to West Ham in a 15, in a fifteen-minute spell—the only spell in the game where we did anything in that game. And we blew West Ham away in 15 minutes uh, after being outplayed for the best part of an hour, really. Um, so, yes, you know what? It was very, very naive. But also, who's to say that game would have gone that way had we not scored two goals in the first three minutes? Yeah. One of them was a really good goal. That the, the McTominay one where he smashed it into the bottom corner from the outside of the box. That was a fantastic finish. And I think he was the best player on the pitch, wasn't he? Yeah,
1: I think so too. It was one of those performances where you look back on... And and now we know what level he can play at. Okay, like McTominay has been has been constantly developing for the past two years in the United side. And and people have kind of still been a bit hesitant to see how far he can actually go as a player. I, I think he's developing so quickly, it's hard to estimate how how good he could be. Um you know, people are on about having to sign these midfielders. We don't know how good McTominay will be in two years' time. And I'd say that's on Solskjaer's mind as well. Um, not only has he, did he perform really well against Leeds, but he has this aura about him where he leads on the pitch. And you knew in the first few minutes when, when he, he was all over the place and he got those two goals, he was leading the way. And he was running into tackles and making extra effort and stuff. You need players like that. Um, and there has been times where people have questioned whether he'll be a United first teamer in years to come. I can't see why, where else he'll be. I can't see any other club he'll be at.
0: I think McTominay maybe suffered a little bit in terms of the fact that he was sort of tarred a little bit coming through under Mourinho. And Mourinho sort of picked him to really kind of prove a point to other players in the team. And I think he got tarred a little bit with our brush. The same thing happened with Darren Fletcher, actually. When Darren Fletcher was breaking into the first team And Darren Fletcher was a quietly excellent player who was basically Fletcher's job was to sort of facilitate and uh, kind of lubricate the play and good players but when he broke through he was unfortunately lubricating Cleverson and Eric Jember Jember there's not a great deal you can do when you're lubricating shit players um but when you know you put better players in around him it, it helped a lot I still don't think it should change United's focus on going out and buying a midfielder I think we should be going out and buying a central midfielder in uh at the end of the season um you know, I'd mentioned Rodrigo Bentancourt, he should be the top of any list. If you is so serious about getting Paul Popper, I think that should be the first option. If they're looking to swap players, that should be the first name that United is telling Juventus. I know we talked about Ronaldo, but you've also got to think about long term as well and you know, what are problem positions to the team. We still need someone who's gonna screen that defence. I actually think McTominay's maybe a little bit better when he's up. Hap- Pushing a little bit higher up the field, yeah. and being a bit more aggressive higher up, um, because I think he does what Ole. <clears throat> I think what Ole maybe wants to do, which is have United be a much higher pressing team. Um, I've kind of looked at United this season. I, one thing I will say about United this season: they are a lot of fun. They're not dull this year, which is which is nice because. I think that's the first time you could say that about Manchester United in team. quite
1: some time. Yeah, yeah,
0: maybe a decade to be quite honest, Dale. Um, and so certainly that's the case. I kind of look at United at the moment, and I sort of see United right now maybe where Liverpool were about three or four years ago before they sort of uh, really developed into the team that they are now. So sort of maybe just around, just before and just around the time the had Van Dijk, the first Champions League family got to where they lost. They were a good team, they were great going forward, but they were always liable to, to drop a few yes. as well and concede a few goals. And that's where United are right now. That's where we won't catch Liverpool. But I have to say, you know, I take back my eating humble pie, I take back any compliments I gave to Tottenham because they were absolutely appalling against Leicester. They didn't even try and win the game. And if you're not going to try and win these games at home... You've got to try and win your big games at home. I, I do wonder where they're going to go. I, I don't think City are better than United this season. I think they're a long I, I think they're in the middle of either sort of Pep Guardiola trying to build a new team or just trying to transition to a new manager. I think maybe
1: just give him a new contract though. So it's, it's well, part... they
0: should let him. They should let him build a new team. Then I think that's what he needs to do because he needs to replace players. Um, Chelsea, I think Chelsea are much like United. Really, they're still a working progress, I mean I'm not a huge fan of Lampard but I would still say to Lampard, look give him time, he didn't get the chance to buy players last season, this is the first time he's had to buy players, give him a season, get them all bedded in, if he gets them in the top four it's fine so there's a chance here I think United need to be aiming to finish second, I think United need to be aiming to get more points than they've got in the last two seasons, I think United need to be aiming for 70 points minimum this year Dale there's no reason United can't be doing that and they need to to win a trophy the squad is there to do that Without any question, like I said, I still don't think we're good enough to catch Liverpool. If you look at Liverpool's absentees at the moment, and, you know, yeah. and what they're still doing, it they just know how to win games. We're a long way away from that. It's you know, it's um, I kind of like it. It's I watch the All Ireland final again. Cause I do watch a lot of football in in Ireland, and it's kind of like you look at the, the Dublin team. That's what six years in a row they've won it. Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, they just know how to win games, and that's where Liverpool are right now. And United aren't quite there yet. We're getting there, but we're still a bit of a way away. We still need a few more players. Um, but isn't
1: that fine? Isn't that fine after after yeah, two years? Because we're on about what we're tr- what we can see. Soldier is trying to do with a, with a high pressing team, and hopefully that will come over time. The defence isn't there yet, but once that starts, you know, I I I, I think after two years, it's it's not quite as bad as what Twitter makes it out to be and I know Twitter makes everything out to be uh, the worst thing ever Twitter's just a horrible place but Solskjaer I think he's doing a good job and come the end of the season if we are second and we can say that we competed for a title remember we the last time we finished second we couldn't say we competed for a title no,
0: I don't think we will this year you don't think we'll compete here. no
1: I don't know, Mike, because if our form from January to the end of the last season was was better than any other side. We're hitting our form now again. I just think that if they can find someone in January to shore up us a little bit defensively, because our biggest problem right now is, is set-pieces. Set-pieces are desperate. They're it's disgraceful.
0: I, I mean, I don't know what we were doing on the first Leeds goal, but it was like the United players are practising social distancing.
1: Yeah. Um, Mike, this United team is the worst United side I've ever seen defending set-pieces. Without, without question. Oh, I've,
0: ne- I've never seen a United side that's bad at defending set-pieces. I, I, I would never have seen United get done on set-pieces like yeah. this one. Yeah. I, I don't know whether he needs to bring in someone into the backroom staff to sort this out as well, because clearly what's being done with these players is just not working. Um I, at all.
1: I was texting a friend of mine a few weeks ago I think it was a Monday night West Ham were playing Aston Villa uh friend supports Villa and I just sent him a text he goes how's the game going I wasn't watching it I was busy with the, with the kid and he was saying that West Ham just scored from a from a header now we were playing West Ham that weekend and I sent him a quick text Guarantee a West Ham would score from a corner against United. And that's what happened. Because every 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 time we, we can see the corner or a free kick in a dangerous area, I'm expecting the worst now. And, and and the problem is when we get a free kick in a dangerous area, unless it's in a an area which we can shoot from, I'm not confident we can't beat the wall. Or we can't we can't find the red shirt. We had the likes of Harry Maguire, McTominay, these big figures in the box. But why can't we win headers in the opposing box. It happens so so little in games yet on the other side of the pitch when they have set pieces, it feels like we're bombarded with pressure.
0: Yeah, it does. we're not good on we're generally bad on, on any high balls coming into the box there. Even crosses, we're not going to deal with crosses either. Um you look at the Leipzig game, just appalling really, like dealing with crosses coming into the box. Just didn't wasn't dealing with that at all. Um you know, we need we need a world class centre half. Easy said than done, right? But we need someone because we don't have one right now and you need to have one if you're gonna go and if you're gonna go and um, you know, challenge these trophies, you need someone in there to marshal the defence. I read this um,
1: week I read this week that Solskjaer's a huge admirer at Upper Meccano, at RP Leipzig, but it's a deal that's more likely to happen in the summer than January but still i'm still thinking though surely there's someone of experience in january at center back and i think it's it's needed if we want to, to to have a good season you look at that defense and we're we're, all, we're accepting that we're going to leak goals that we're going to concede it's a matter of we have to outscore the opponent surely there is someone out there that can come in either on a free or cheaply in January or or swap or some deal or other that can help us finish this season a lot better because it's a massive problem, a massive problem and we've been saying this since the start of the season because I remember Gary Neville talking about what United needed before the season even began and he said we needed a centre back, Solskjaer came out and said that he was happy with his defensive options, probably hands tied behind his back saying that but there's no way I believed him, look at those list of defenders and you're telling me you're happy because we should I be just, competing with t- for titles
0: I said he should have thrown his toys out the pram a little bit at the board on that one Solskjaer I think there's a time and a place to doing that and that was a time and a place when they're not delivering the plays that you need we desperately needed we needed a centre half more than we needed Jadon Sancho
1: I don't think that's Solskjaer's manner and I'm kind of thankful of that because I totally agree there are times in which you have to spit the dummy up because you you might look weak as a result by letting things happen the way they do. But I just don't think Soldier wants that unrest because he knows that the second he brings up a little bit of unrest and then he goes through a bad blip of farm. the likes of Ed Woodward and that won't think twice about sacking him. Whereas now, in fairness, when we do go through bad spells, he's not blaming the board and they're not clearly not pointing the finger at him by sacking him. It's a bit of a mutual... Agreement there, I would think, is mean, public.
0: The opinion of the board on football is irrelevant because they don't know anything about it, Dale. You know, it, 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 you know, it's it, it's like Edward would funding some great physics projects. He, he has no idea what the hell is yeah. what the hell's going on there. Just it's clueless. They're all clueless, they don't have a clue. But Solskjaer really needs to you don't think those players know that they need someone else in there? I think they do. I think they do. Uh, I think the other thing as well, as good as he's doing, you know, you talk about bringing people in, he's got some very big personnel decisions he needs to make about players that are at that club right now. And he needs to be making these decisions soon. He needs to decide what he wants to do with Paul Pogba because it's going to be a stick or twist situation. He is a problem. We discussed this already. And the other one is the goalkeeping situation. You cannot keep the uncertainty on this goalkeeping situation that we have right now. It's not helpful to either of the goalkeepers... It's not helpful to the defenders and it it does create an air of makes you look indecisive as a manager, which is not, not what you want at all. I said this last week when he uh, you know, when he was chopping and changing systems all the time that, that he needs to be careful doing that because that's gonna look like he's um he's second guessing himself.
1: Just on Paul Pogba and, and Solskjaer, he didn't start him against Leeds and didn't bring him on either. And I thought that was a bit of a statement after Pogba's performance against Sheffield. And it was one that I thought going into the game, if you look at Michael Owen's assessment before the game, and he slates Solskjaer's decision to start James, um, slates the midfield decision not to start Pogba, and he's kind of saying in this game, like he said, James, he hasn't been anywhere for the past few weeks, and you bring him into this game, um, he said Solskjaer is just trying things now and all this crap. But the, the the decision to take out Pogba was a key one because Solskjaer knew he needed a team that was going to work either on par with Leeds or work harder. Pogba's not going to work. Okay? We know that for the past four years. He's not someone that's going to grind. He's not someone that's going to stand up in a game like that. So Solskjaer made the right decision there. And I just think after playing well against Sheffield, Pogba probably thought... If I start against Leeds, I'm playing well now. I, I'm, I'm walking back into the team. That's not the case. What Riola doesn't understand, or what I don't think he understands, is that Solskjaer has a team to manage, not just one individual, Paul Pogba. And on the base of what we've seen in the past four years, he doesn't deserve to walk into every team. And I just think that that's what Solskjaer has done here. He hasn't come out publicly attacking Pogba or attacking Riola. He's just doing his job. And by doing his job, he's stamping his authority and saying to Paul Pock, "But no, you don't. You don't start every game here." And I thought that was strong out of the manager on um, against Leeds the other night.
0: Yeah, that uh, you know Poppock was fine against Sheffield United. I don't think he was amazing. You know, people were going on when he played two nice passes. That he was, that he was. You know, uh, Lothar Mateo or Ruby Costa. Like, do me a favor, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, he doesn't deserve to walk into the team. He doesn't deserve to be, you know, if he was put together United's best 11, best team, he's not in it. He's not in it. Like, um, I do wonder whether some people have be brainwashed over Pogba, you know. They still talk like he's, some, like he's some great player. And it's like, he's never really proved that. Yes, he was good in the World Cup for France a couple of years ago, but I've seen a lot of very average players look really good in international tournaments. You know, is Michael Owen gonna turn around and say Karol Pabolski was one of the greatest right wingers he's ever seen? I don't think so. You need to uh you need to show a bit of common sense here. You know, being a great player is doing it at club level on a regular basis. You know, I wouldn't judge, for instance, Chiro Immobilier, the Lazio striker off his form for Italy, not always great, but no one's been that great for Italy for the last few years. But you look at his record at club level, Dale, it's absolutely outstanding. And I think most teams, if you offered them or Immobile, would probably have him in their team. You know, who cares about? I don't, you know, listen, as Roy Keane said, I don't care about France. <laughs> I care oh, about yeah. what he does at club level. And, uh. the there's, there's only one club that wants him, and that club is not Manchester United. Manchester United, I think, is very obvious. I think Solskjaer would rather not have him there. But right now, he's stuck with him and he's like take him or leave him not really that fussed. I think that's where Ollie is right now. But I think I'd be surprised if he plays against Leicester and Wolves because those are, again these are two teams where you need to especially Wolves you need to be working hard. I wouldn't play him in those games, especially after the last time what he did against Wolves.
1: So, would you give him a would you give his legs a bit of a run in the in the Carabao Cup against Everton?
0: Uh <laughs> need to win that trophy, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I know, but I, I think starting Pogba against Everton doesn't ensure that we won't win it. You know, he's, yeah, still, he's still capable. maybe with
0: Everton as well, you can maybe... Uh, it depends, really. If they're playing Allen and Decore in midfield, I'm not sure I fancy Pogba against those two, to be honest.
1: But the, the whole thing in the media has been that Pogba's unhappy at Fernandez playing his preferred role. Now, tonight, I, I would rest Fernandez. Um, I have him on the bench, and of course we probably Quite, have to call upon him. Van de Beek as well, Van de Beek, yeah. But I'd rather I'd rather play fa- play Van de Beek against Wolves or Leicester than play in the, than play say Pogba in those games. So I would give Pogba a run tonight against Everton. Um, I
0: think it, you could play Van de Beek tonight, and then in one of the two games coming coming up against Leicester Wolves, and yeah. not play him in the other the other league game. I think that's I think that's fair. He's not,
1: um, he's not exactly wrecked. Um, from football this year,
0: <laughs> no, no. I just think there's a big gap this year. the The Carabao Cup final, I believe, isn't as early this this season as it has been in previous seasons. It's much later, so I think United could take this as an opportunity to get themselves into a last four of a competition, all sort of ready to go, way in advance. Because then that semi final isn't until I think January, February, or something like that. And then there's a big gap between that and the final. So let's let's. Um, Let's
1: make some headway in this game. let beat Everton again. Exactly. So that brings us on to Steve's day, our Boxing Day against Leicester. Um, coming off from that game against Leeds, we do want to make a bit of a, a statement, don't we? And it, it, look, it's, it's not a must win. We're away from home. We have to take that into consideration. Leicester have been very good. They were awesome against Spurs last weekend. i take a point from that one. If we can get four points from Leicester and Wolves, I think I would be very happy.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that has to be the bare minimum uh for United. This is this is gonna be a test for us this game. You know, we uh I think Leicester are a good side. I actually think Leicester have improved a little bit from last season, that they look a little bit more disciplined, stronger. a bit smarter, tactically, yeah, yeah, yeah. stronger. It's a mean you've both spoken about even though it may <laughs> it may be a bit sort of head scratch. Some United fans we both really like Brendan Rodgers a lot as a coach. He's a really, really good manager. I actually think he did a much better job. I think you're now also seeing, actually, at Celtic, you're now seeing how much more of a better job he did at Celtic than people realise. They're a they disaster.
1: Disaster. All over the
0: place. He did an amazing job considering what he was there. Um, and, and actually the resources, lack of resources at his disposal going into Europe, he's a really, really good manager. And, um, yeah, it'll be a test for us. But the away record's absolutely insane. You're not lost away from home. Have we? Have we lost any?
1: No, we've won every game and come from behind in every game.
0: Yeah, well, we need to not be coming from behind in this game because this is going to be a bigger test. Can't afford to be doing that here. Well, that um, was nice
1: against Leeds, wasn't it? To finally, fucking from the start, hit them hard and then throughout the game... Do you know that? That's one thing, Mike, as well. Sorry, I know we're talking about the Leicester game. Is Since, pretty much since Alex Ferguson retired, of all the managers we've had in charge... No manager really has been able to see United dictate games over 90 minutes. We've seen under Van Gaal and under Mourinho where we'd have 45-minute spells in games or maybe 25-minute spells where we look really good and fans would just be urging, come on, I want to see that for 90 minutes. And maybe it, it was helped by the fact Leeds just are crazy, um, just open up. But that was a game in which, from the start, we hit them hard, I think throughout the game we dominated. Now, that's a big task away to Leicester, but we can we can still control the game. We can control the game without exactly dominating it, or
0: you know. It... The, the the template there, I think, especially when you look at the players that United have in attack and how they're able to counterattack, is United striking early, getting the first goal. That's what United need to be doing. You get the first goal, and then you know try and then get your shape then after getting that yeah, first goal. Yeah. That should be United's goal every game. You know, that was something that um, when Klopp was still trying to bring everything together at Liverpool, he always had Liverpool start quickly, get at teams quickly, see if he can get that first goal because when they didn't start quickly they would lose games, like they'd lose at home to Palace and I stuff like that and this yeah. is what I'm talking about. Really really quite similar I, 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 um, in in how they play and sort of the components and and the potential that's there. So, United need to get the first goal. Both of these games, last time almost hit first. I mean, we get ourselves in a position where we can get that first goal. Then I think you can start looking at maybe then sucking teams in a bit and hitting them on the break, you know, being smart about that. But United, you know, need to start aggressively for the first 15 minutes, get a goal, first 15, 20 minutes, and then really sort of make the opposition really feel that pressure. You don't want to be... You don't want to be chasing games all the time. But it's time not the problem. Games it yeah. takes, takes a lot of energy out of players. And, and, you know, we've got a really truncated season. And this is what I've talked about so many times, and you have as well United managing games. You know, all these hairs could be going. All these hairs, like, almost entirely grey now from where it was at the beginning of the season. <laughs> it's going through these games. He's supposed to be tearing his hair out of these players sometimes. So, yeah, need to start. It's more, not even controlling the game, but managing the game. You know, like dictating it, I think, is a good way rather than controlling it. Because I think controlling it implies, you know, just sort of passing the ball around sideways a little bit. It's actually managing and dictating the terms of which the game is played. And that's what United need to be doing. I thought we did that against Leeds. I mean, yeah, the last 10 minutes was crazy. But it's fine for it to be crazy when you're four and five goals up with 10 minutes to go. That's not. And you know, you could always score more if you need to. You know, you could have scored 12 goals against Leeds. Leeds could have scored 5 but United still could have made that double <laughs> figures so it's you know it's about being uh, proactive rather than reactive and i think that's that's now the step that united need to make we're still a little bit too reactive at the moment we need to be more proactive and and start to be look a little bit less chaotic but i kind of prefer us building a team in a way that is like fun and chaotic and then sort of moving in towards A more sort of, um, kind of a more controlled team temperamentally and tactically. You know, because I I also think for the manager that builds up a lot of goodwill as well. If they could see the team's a lot of fun, it's still maybe up there or thereabouts, the top three or four teams, and then pushing and getting their way to finals, even if they're not winning them immediately. uh, You know, if like every season you bring a defender here, you know, strong midfielder there. You know, and it's almost like we need the same players in the same positions that Liverpool did about three years ago, mm. right? They needed someone to <laughs> sit in and dictate the midfield. They needed someone to, to get a grip of the defence. So he brought in Van Dijk and he brought in Fabinho. They needed goalkeeper as well. Brought in Alisson. Um, but
1: the, the big thing, like, it's all well and good matching, seeing those parallels. Do we have the people at Manchester United to get in those right players to make things tick? Because we we have all the ideas and as fans we, we can look at things and look at what's the best for Manchester United but I still and all this sounds great in theory. I don't trust people I don't, I don't trust the no, people I don't that either are, that, this, that, is, this is where Ole
0: needs to be willing to at this stage this is where he needs to be willing to throw his toys out the pram because he needs to be turned to his board and say look this is an intersection now for United where they are after two years of me being here and what we're moving towards. These are the players I want. You need to get me these players. Go and get them. I know obviously COVID makes the situation a little bit difficult right now, but everyone's in the same scenario. Go and get these players. These are the teams that have been found by the analysts and the scouts. These are the players that have been found. These are the players we need to go and start this team. Go and get them. I will not accept anything less than these players. I'm not gonna accept. Two right-wingers who are two years away from being in the first team on deadline day when I wanted this guy to come straight into the first team. Just sign like Cristiano.
1: They, they were done. They were sorted.
0: No, we're not. <laughs> He's not a centre-half.
1: <laughs> right, Mike. Um Before we go, I suppose we'll wrap it up with talking... Well, it's the last time we talk before Christmas. So, by the time we come back, what are you expecting from... The game against Leicester Wolves and the game against Everton. I reckon we'll be in the Carabao Cup semi-finals, and we'll have four more points in the league table.
0: Um, I don't know, Dale. The last time I made a prediction was it was PSG, and that didn't go very well. So I'm really not willing to make any predictions at all. Um, but the then, Everton
1: game. Then tell us which Manchester United players on top of your Christmas tree this year. Uh,
0: Bruno, Bruno, you oh, Bruno, Bruno. Yeah, Bruno at the top. And then um, you know, um, you know, Mark obviously Marcus as well, joint top. Um, you know, Prime Minister Marcus Rashford. And then just below, you've got um you've got Freddie Brazil and, and Scotty McTee. I mean those would be just below a feet They're as, protecting as, as, the man. tree. Yeah, that's it, that's it. They've <laughs> they've been yeah, my favourites this season. Those 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 four have been really good. Especially Fred, I have to say. I think that was just a, a sort of an aside. That was the thing that really made me tear my hair out in that PSG game. That he was so stupid that he allowed himself to get suckered in like that. Because he's been so good and such an important part of United for the last year. And just to see him go and do something like that, it's really, really frustrating.
1: Pastor Fred, the reason we're going to win the league. He's, he's casting a spin on all the players right now. We're <laughs> unbeaten to the end, rest of the season. Anyway, Mike... Yeah. Enjoyed the podcast. Hope everyone has a lovely Christmas. Make sure you subscribe to the StraightCast on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, Acast, your favorite plat- or podcast platform, and we'll see you again before the new year.
0: Merry Christmas! Sports Social Podcast Network